welcome to this week's Property Development Live podcast. I'm Margaret Ann Merrick and we're going to be dropping in on one of the question and answer sessions we conduct on Zoom with our exclusive Property Development Live Facebook group. So the group choose a question and a topic and then it's discussed with Paul Merrick and Martin Davis from the Property Development Live team. And this week they're talking about working to learn, not to earn. So they're going to be talking about attitude to life, detail and the secrets of success. Let me pass you over to their chat. So welcome everybody. Uh, This is the ninth Property Development Live question and answer session, Q&A session. The topic that we will now be discussing, Martin. Is working to learn, not to earn. Um, But Paul, would you like to just introduce the topic? I think when you first start off in any business, and property being a business, your overwhelming desire is to make money. You know, that's that's the key. It's like, I'm in business to make money. Quite often, that doesn't go quite as well as you thought it was going to. You don't make as much money as quickly as you thought you were going to, or nearly as easily as you thought you were going to. Uh, so, So I hit that obstacle way back before I got involved in property, luckily enough. I hit that obstacle when I first started in business, which was at the raw age of 15 years old. I opened my very first business with the aspiration, the desire to make money. And actually what I made was a heck of a lot of mistakes. In fact, if I'd have been nearly as good at making money as I was at making mistakes, I would have been a billionaire. And that's because I presumed, A, I was going to reinvent the wheel. B, I was smarter than any man on earth, because you'd think that when you're 15. You know, it's amazing. As a 15-year-old, you think you know everything. As a 50-year-old, you realize you know nothing. It's a learning curve. And three, nothing worked quite as I thought it was going to, as I'd predicted it was going to. So I got very smart, very quick, luckily enough. And what I did was I got myself around some people who were very good at the job that I was in at that particular time. And my two mentors, if you like, didn't know they were mentors, certainly wasn't paid, but the two people that I followed their career and spoke to them as much as they would listen to me and as much as they would have me around. was a chap called Walter, another chap called Michael. Um, Walter taught me my attitude to life. Now, there's a big statement, isn't it? Walter taught me my attitude to life, my whole attitude to life. And here it is, and I will sum it up for you. It will be a bugger, but it'll be all right. In other words, it's going to be very hard, but it'll be okay. And he used to say all the time, every time I was stressed, every time I was concerned, every time that I was in a low moment, he would look at me and he would say, Paul, it'll be a bugger, but it'll be all right. And do you know, he, he was correct. It was, both of those things. It was a bugger. And it was all right. It turned out all right. And the harder I worked, the more it turned out all right. Michael was a very different character. Michael was a detailed person. Michael was the person who at that point in time, in the business I was in at that point in time, taught me the detail, taught me what was sellable and what wasn't sellable, what was desirable and what wasn't desirable. From Michael, I learned detail. From Walter, I learned attitude. And from both of them, I learned how to be successful. So, I went through a period, uh, probably about two years from I was 15 till I was about 17, where I thought I knew everything and learned very quickly that I knew nothing. And then I went through a period from about 17 to about 25, where money was not my biggest ambition, goal, or desire. Education was learning my job. And that gave me the foundations to build any business. And what I have now, at the ripe old age of nearly 60, 
is that whilst our current business businesses is in property, actually what I learned was that the key is knowing the nuts and bolts of a business and it doesn't matter what the product is. So one of my favorite sayings and anybody that's followed any of the property development live stuff will have heard this many times is it's about people process property. But actually property is just a product. So it's about people process product. Our product happens to be property, but it wouldn't matter. It could be widgets. It could be bananas. It doesn't matter. The business models are all the same. And what I learned from Walter and what I learned from Michael was that if you've got the fundamentals of how a business works, then you can implement those fundamentals into any business. And it's interesting when I meet property people, they kind of define property as other than, other than ordinary business. It's not. We're, we're in the people business, we're in the process business, and we're in the product business. Our product just happens to be property. So I'm, I was very privileged, smart maybe, certainly prepared to learn and listen at a very young age. And that set me up very well for all the businesses that I run afterwards. That would be my opening. I see that you've got some questions. So um, let's roll straight into the questions. Uh, John, would you like to uh, raise your question? Yeah. Um... Just a question about mentoring. Um, is it a critical part of um, planning for success? I think learning is. Mentoring is not a word I'm overly fond of. Um, I would never call myself a mentor. And although in the, the vernacular of this, this conversation, I called uh, Walter and Michael my mentors, I did that because it's a very commonly overly used and overly abused word within the property world. I think finding people who have already done what you want to do, have done it successfully and have done it well, and following their success and learning from their success and their failures, incidentally, equally, learning from what they did. I mean, I learned a lot from Walter and Michael in that particular business. I learned as much from the things they did wrong, you know, when they got it wrong, as the things they did right. I would argue I might have even learned more from what they did wrong than what they did right. So mentor is not a word I'm fond of. I like the word coach. Um, and I certainly think that Michael and Walter inadvertently um, certainly coached me. But I think you need to find someone. If you want to accelerate your path, you need to find people who have already done that. And, and I had a couple of years when I was struggling in this particular business. And I realized that if I just looked at the people who weren't struggling, who had a business model, who implemented that business model, who had a kind of one, two, three, four, five step process, and I implemented that one, two, three, four, five step process, then my journey would accelerate no end. I would have got to where I am today without the help of all the people that have helped me along the way, because it hasn't only been Walter and Michael, it's been a multitude of people, whole different people within the, the property world. But would I have got to where I am today? Yes, it would have probably just took me another 50 years. Just, just to point out, I think, um, I, think I, I guess I met you, Paul, just over a year ago now. And uh, I think, to be honest, I was heading probably on my, on my own account in, in, in the wrong direction in terms of, of my business. Um, and, uh, you know, having, you know, the effective coaching from yourself has, has helped me sort of redirect myself, reorientate myself and focus on, focus more, I should say, on, on, on the on things that can give me a bigger chance of, of being, being more successful. 
And I think what I've done with you is exactly what Michael and Walter did with me and another chap called Ali when we got into property and, and a whole bunch of people. I mean, I've, I, if you insist on the word mentor or coach, I've had a whole bunch of them. Um, but I think I did with you what they did with me was like, I didn't ever say you should do this, mm. ever. What I did was say, I tried that and it failed. I did this and it succeeded. Mm. So, you know, there's your choices. I tried that, it failed. I tried that, it succeeded. And it didn't succeed once, but it succeeded tens of times. My dad had a great saying. My dad used to say, if you make a mistake once, you're human. If you make the same mistake twice, you're stupid. And I wholly and totally agree with that. If you make a mistake once, you're human. I mean, not to make a mistake would, would make you Mr. Spock, but to continuously make the same mistake. And in the first two years of business, I can assure you that I made continuously the same mistakes over and over again. And the, you know, the old definition of um, keep doing the same thing and expect a different result is the definition of insanity. I love that. And every time I've went into a new business or a new field and we've been involved in some, I mean, property is our main bread and butter, but we've been involved in some really interesting businesses over the years. I have always looked for people who have already done it, what their business model was and what I could take from that business model and put it into my business model so I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Okay, John. Thanks for that. Sunny, do you have a question? Yeah. Um, I guess my question is, does it, you know, it, does it necessarily have to be one or the other? Can you not work and learn at the same time? Work to learn. Can you not work and learn or can you not earn and learn? Is that, what, what's your question, Sonny? The because question, the question here, the premise of the question is work to learn, not to earn. So yes, you're going to work to learn, which is the question you just asked. Do you really mean, can I not work, earn and learn? That, that's what I should have said, yeah. That's what I meant. Can you, not, can you not do, you know? Yes, I listen very carefully. Yes. I think it's which one of those you make the priority is mm -hmm. the real question. Mm -hmm. I think it's which one of those for you is the priority. Very few people can focus on two things at once. I mean, we all think we can multitask, but very few people can genuinely focus on two things at the same time. What happens is if you pick the focus of earning, learning becomes secondary. And that actually falls down from secondary to third, to fourth, to fifth, to sixth, to seventh, to eighth. And the focus becomes more and more on money and more and more on success. And if that's your focus, then you're not working to learn, you're working to earn. But if your focus is actually a want to learn, and if, whilst I'm learning, I can make some money, that's fantastic. And certainly by the time that I'd been smart enough to deal with Walter and Michael and, and learn from them, my focus very much changed of just being around these guys and learning stuff is much more important in my long term than my absolute desperate need for money at the moment. And just to be very clear, guys, I wasn't in the privileged position. I left home at 15 with 15 pounds in my pocket so when I was 17, I wasn't a multimillionaire sitting there saying I can afford to learn. I just prioritized things very differently. I accepted I was going to have probably four or five very hard, lean financial years, but I would be able to accelerate at the end of that. So I think you have to pick which one's most important to you, Sonny. And that's the one you'll focus on. Asif, do you have a question? Yeah, but actually I've got a comment. Um more than a question, uh, you know, just going back to sort of Paul's point about important of, uh, importance of having someone. Uh, for me and for Kutsia, you know, Paul has saved us from so many mistakes in, in a very short uh, 
space of time, uh, you know, because uh, looking at my project in Paisley, but also the other thing which we have learned from Paul is basically set up the foundations uh, for hopefully a, a good business going forward. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's very important to have someone experienced, someone, you know, who's willing and happy to give their time as well as it's very difficult to find people with the experience who are willing to share their experience. Uh, but for us, uh, you know, the whole strategy of business, uh, because I was speaking to an architect before um, I joined this group and, he, and his idea was simple that you have to go design and build, you know, you can't build it yourself. So you just have to go to a company and, uh, and builders who will build the project for you. So your job is just go, go, go and find development finance. And, and, and that's it, uh, you know, and then, you know, that's what the developers do. So for me, it, it's a 360 degree change really and a very important one. So yeah, I, I can completely agree that important to have someone experienced, but you need to be lucky to find someone as well, I suppose. Thanks very much for saying that, because I know we spent a bit of time together offline. Um, what I've shared with, with John, what I've shared with, with yourself, is, is not about me being some smarter guy. It's about every one of the mistakes that you've either made or are about to make, I've already made. And until I was smart enough to get around the people who hadn't made them, I was just going to keep making them. I remember vividly, and it's a lot of years ago, but I still remember, so that's how painful it was. I remember vividly kind of, feeling like I wasn't getting anywhere. You know, I was, I was doing all of this, spending time with people and, and learning, and it didn't seem to be moving. Nothing seemed to change. And what does happen is a pivot point where you've learned enough and it just starts to pivot. But you don't know you've learned enough. The universe kind of tells you you've learned enough because people want to spend time with you and people want to JV with you and people want to, you know, get involved with you at a higher level because you've learned your job. And actually, before that, what you're doing is you're just out in the cold. Haval, have you, you've got your hand up. Yeah. So I have uh, two questions. Uh, you know, one of them is uh, I'm kind of observing, I mean, most uh, people, when they do business, initially, they try to provide quality. Then they will try to systemize their business and uh, eventually end up on concentrated on profit through the systemization of the business and making it more passive. So I know, Paul, you've been doing it differently, but I don't know how you can maintain providing quality at the same time systemizing the, the work. That's, what that's, that's, that's a really big question and it's not tonight's topic, so I'm going to touch on it yeah. for two seconds, but it's maybe a topic we could touch on another time. Okay. The whole point when you start a business, when you're putting these foundations in is how yeah. big do you want that business to be? You, what I am very good at is I'm very good at taking any business and within a very short period of time making any business, whether it be property or otherwise, make £100,000 a year. I can kind of do that like magic. I'm talking about clear profit, hundred grand clear profit, not turnover, money. Turnover's vanity and profit sanity. I'm not somebody who turns it into a million pounds because I'm not one of those systemizers. So if you want to build a million pound a year profit business, I might be your starting point, but I'm certainly not your ending point because it's not what I've ever wanted to do. So I would probably say we've had three or 400 customers over the course of my lifetime of business. I know every one of those customers personally always want to and always will. I wouldn't want a business with 10 million customers. I'm in a people business. I like the customers. 
So I want to spend time with the customers. It's a big joy to me in the business of spending time with customers. So I don't want to build a business, never had a desire to build a business where I lost contact with the customers, the buyers, the sellers, the um, what you would call tenants, we would call customers. I never want to lose face with them. I want to know every one of them by name. And not only do I know them by name, but of our hundred, what you would call tenants, we would call customers. I can tell you the family situations. I can tell you when they've got a bereavement. I know their life. That's why I'm in business, because I'm in the people business. I love people. That's my job. I don't want to systemize a business to the point that I am out of it and not connected to the customer anymore. If that's the type of business you want to build, you might get some of the foundation blocks from me, but you certainly won't get the building blocks from me. I'm not your person. Okay. And the second question was, uh, if you are trying to learn, okay, and not concentrating on profit, so don't you think you could be exposing yourself to higher risk? And if that's the case, how you mitigate the risk? That's a really interesting, relevant question to the topic. I would argue maybe the most relevant question to the topic tonight. At risk of losing what? Yeah, I mean, either not only profit, you could be at loss of, you know, your finance, uh, you know, make a negative uh, kind of outcome. Okay, um, who, in this room, and who in this room went to university? So if you go to university today, some older people were very privileged and got university free of charge, but younger guys today going to university, they paid for the exercise of learning because they knew what they were paying today will pay back tenfold tomorrow. Who in this room drives? Did you pay for driving lessons? So did you think the money I'm spending on driving lessons, that's, that's just wasted money? Or did you think, actually, I'm learning a skill here that is going to be very useful? How many people use driving in their everyday job? Like, you couldn't really do your job without being able to drive. So was that a waste of money or was that you learning a skill? It's not about how much you're going to lose because you're not losing anything. If you're learning, you're not losing anything. You're gaining. You're swapping money sometimes for what you're gaining, but you're gaining. And the philosophy of work to learn, not to earn, is lost on you because you're not working to earn. You're working to learn. And if you come out even, that's very good. And if you come out behind, then that's very good too. And if you come out in front, that's even better. But really, you're working to learn, not to earn. And if that costs you, because I can assure you in property, no matter how you get your education, you're going to pay for it. Now, if you're working to learn, and you know that you might not make a lot of money, but you're learning through your mistakes or other people's mistakes, fantastic. But if you're working to earn and you make those mistakes anyway, and you still lose money, you feel 10 times worse about yourself. Because at least if you set out and say, I'm working to learn here, this is not about earning money, this is about learning. Then if you lose money, if you gain money, if you, if you break even, you've achieved what you set out to do. You've achieved the learning. But if you set out to earn money and you still don't earn money and you still make mistakes and your education is costly, you'll just feel rubbish about yourself. The whole point of work to learn is it's as likely to cost you as it is not because it's going to cost you anyway. That's the concept. That's the concept we're discussing. Are you willing to work to learn? You're asking me a different question, which is, am I willing to take less money to learn? Are you willing to take no money to learn? because that's what work to learn really means. You know, in you, all, all over America, we don't do it quite so much in this country, but in America, you know, 
loads of students come out and go into various businesses and they don't get paid. They're there to learn their job. And just about every lawyer in America has done a period of where they don't earn any money and they're working inside of a business. Or if you want into politics, it's the same. I would argue any business that's worth running is worth losing some of your time and some of your money for. Work to learn, not to earn. Niven, do you have a question? Uh, so obviously, uh, like in order to in order to learn more, you've got to totally immerse yourself in the in the in the business totally in order to. Yeah. Uh, it's really just a point rather than a, rather than a question, and obviously, like the fact that if you're if you're then able to work 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 with someone and learn learn from them rather than making making money, you, you're honing your skills and the fact that you're um, learn learning on site or or uh, from. Somebody obviously I mean, it's what we're trying to do with Property Development Live. I don't know how successful it is. The guys will tell you much more than I do, but what, that's what we're trying to do. They're doing a real development in real time. Craig, do you have a question or a comment? It is quite interesting to hear Paul talk about um, the key learnings, I suppose, uh, in the mentorship and coaching he's had. But probably on the flip side, is there anything, anything you would suggest is the wrong type of learning is a, a path you've taken you says let's avoid by all costs actually listen to a certain type of person within property i put a post up some time ago and i think it was one of my better posts which is advice is a bit like mushrooms if you take the wrong advice it's fatal so can they do it have they done it did it work you know, I'm not blowing my own trumpet here, but I've spent time with a couple of guys in this room. I can take you to just the east end of Glasgow, not Scotland, and you can spend a day with me and we're still looking at what I've done. Can they do it? Have they done it? Did it work? And they are the questions that you want to ask yourself no matter who you meet. And I think if you answer those three questions thoroughly with anybody and the answer to those three questions is yes, they are worth listening to in whatever field it is. Can they do it? Have they done it? Did it work? Can I just make one comment before mm -hmm. I just hand over Paul for closing? And that is that I have worked with Paul for, it's kind of five years or so, and I have never ceased to be astonished. There's not one area, detail of the property business, so either business or property, uh, where he has not understood more than I by a country mile. Absolutely astonishing. He walks the talk, is what I'm saying. Over to you, Paul. And I'm going to quote Tony Robbins to finish tonight. Tony Robbins says a lot of things that I find American nonsense, but he says one thing that I 100% believe in, which is can I, constant and never-ending improvement. In other words, don't think that you're going to be a genius tomorrow morning, but, in, but do one thing every day that makes you better at that job. One thing every day that makes you better at that job. Constant and never-ending improvement. One thing. Don't try and learn a thousand things. Don't try and implement a thousand things. Just do one, but do it really well every day. Mm -hmm.